Good evening. Everybody have a great day today. Except for the rain. You know, I know what you're talking about. Sometimes we get rain and we wish we wouldn't get it. And then other times we wish we'd get rain and we don't get it. You know what? God gives us that rain whenever He knows we do need it. And we have really needed it. Maybe you didn't need to hear it at camp this week. But you know what I've seen? I sat there in the gym and watched y'all. And it didn't seem to bother y'all a whole lot. It seemed like y'all just went on with your games and had a good time. Oh, every time I look down, it messes up. Uh, yeah. Got it up too high. Now, let's try that. Okay, everybody cannot hear me say okay, I cannot. Okay, children. Oh man, that was weak. Okay, children. That's a little better. Okay, you kids. That's better. Okay. Oh, I got cutting on. Here I am again. Okay, I need... What are you, after a fish or something? She looks like a, some kind of animal. I want a fish. I love a fish. I need, and I've already talked to a couple people uh, that begged me, okay, to be a volunteer tonight, and then uh, tomorrow night I can use some more. But uh, two of our have already begged me to be right here. Whitney and Katie, come on up. And Grace. Okay, and it was really cool because we're going to talk about grace tonight. So uh, all three of you step up on the little platform here. You turn around, Grace. You got to come here right here, and you back up a little. Now, Grace. First of all, before she does, Grace is going to represent all of us. Okay. Grace is going to represent us. So, Grace, you have to get on your knees right here. Okay? And stay on your knees. Now, each one of you, I want you to come up and put a hand on her shoulder. Don't push her off the stage. You just kind of hold her down. Okay? Be, come on up beside her a little bit. Okay. Now, these two young ladies right here are representing baggage. Baggage. Hey, baggage. How y'all doing? Baggage. They are sin. These two represent sin tonight. And this is us. Yeah, okay. So what they're going to try to do, we, we, Grace, are going to try to get up off our knees and, and get to our feet. Uh-huh. So go ahead and get up. Okay. Okay, that's good. Okay, that's that's good. So baggage and sin is holding her down, holding us down so we can't get up. Okay? So God comes along and says he will free us of all of our sin. Jesus Christ says, I'm going to free you of all your sin. 
So I'm going to lift the sin off of you, and I'm going to take it away, and I'm going to forgive you of your sin, and then you may get up. Okay? That's all I needed you for. Isn't that great? Okay. Do you have your candy board on? Okay. Give my hand. Here. Here. Okay. Remember, you can't eat it until afterwards. Okay. All right. Um, now, the reason that I started with that is because I'm going to give you a little story. Okay? And this little story is, is something that a lot of you have asked about. And a lot of you have... Um, your attention has been drawn to my legs a lot, and I, and I know that it is, and it does not bother me in the least. You know, God's got me doing what God wants me doing. I'm happy, okay? But let me tell you a little story. About uh, almost four years ago, I'm a Virginia Tech football fan, if anybody knows Virginia Tech. I have been since I was a little boy. And I've watched them play Nebraska on TV. I was all excited. Great game. I'll go again. It was a great game. And, and, uh, you know, after the game was over, I went to bed. It was probably 11, 11.30, something like that. Wasn't very late, but it was a Saturday night. I had to go to bed, so I'd get up and go to church the next morning. And, I went to bed, and I'd been laying in bed about 10 minutes. I hadn't even gone to sleep yet. And all of a sudden, I felt this sharp pain in, in the base of my back. I felt like somebody stabbed me with a knife. My wife says I sat straight up in the bed and started screaming. And I started screaming. And uh, so she called Rescue Squad. Make a long story short, here I am laying in the emergency room on a table and blood was pumping out of my vessels all into my body. Now, uh, is the nurse in here tonight? No? She was. Okay. Well, she, a lot of you will know this. I know she would. Blood is made to run through your vessels, but it's not supposed to be pumping out into all parts of your body. It poisons the parts of your body. Okay. And you bleed to death. So. Here I am, laying there bleeding really severely bad, and the surgeon comes in, and he leans down and whispers in my ear, kind of just talking to me, and he said, Mr. Brammer, you have an abdominal aortic aneurysm. And I'm like, okay. I had no idea what he's talking about. He said, it has burst, and you got a 10% chance to live. Okay. I said, you mean I'm going to die? And I honestly did. I was just as relaxed and calm. And I know why I was because I was doing a book. Um, all had just started on Monday before that Saturday. And for six days I've been reading in this book, A Call to Die. And I, and I was doing the parts of it just like it says. And I had written a letter to my wife and to my children to tell them how much they meant to me and how much I loved them. I had given it to them on Saturday morning, and this happened to me Saturday night. So it was like, okay, I really am going to die here. 
and and I was just calm and relaxed. And I when I asked him that, he said, "Yes, you you're most likely going to die." I said, "Okay, can I see my family?" And I did get to see my wife and and my son. They they was only one there at the time. And then um, I went out, like in a coma for the next eight days. Had no idea what was going on. I was just out. <clears throat> when I came to, I was in the um, recovery, intensive care recovery room, and uh, they came in and talked to me and told me what had happened. Now, a, an aneurysm, from what I can understand, what I can understand is, say this is my blood vessel, and an aneurysm is like a growth on the side of it. It's like a bubble. And it gets, it can get bigger and bigger and, and it gets big enough and gets enough pressure. It can bust or explode, whatever it did. And it was in my aorta. So that is one of the worst places it can be. They told me, uh, later if it had burst in the front, I would probably be dead in within a couple minutes. But because it burst to the back, that they was able to get me to the hospital. They operated on me for 13 hours. Um, I spent 50 days in the hospital. Uh, my liver was going terribly bad. My kidneys were at zero, not working at all. And I was doing um, a thing they call dialysis. I don't know if y'all know what it is, but they put a hole in you right up here somewhere, and they two holes, and they hook two tubes in you. And they pump the blood out of your body and goes through a machine and cleans it and it comes back into your body. And it's ice cold and it freezes you and you're just laying there just, you know, cold. And they put these blankets on you, warm blankets to try to keep you warm. And I would get so cold and so sick. And when I'd come back to my room, I'd be sick for like a day and a half. Couldn't eat or anything. That was my worst part of it. All the other stuff didn't bother me. It bothered my wife and my family because they had to sit through all this. But I didn't. So the thing that bothered me most was my kidneys. And when people say, what can we pray for you? Pray for my kidneys. They got so bad. My, my kidneys got so bad. And I got so sick from this that I recall coming back to the room from it one night. And my wife always had to cut the heat up to like 85 degrees in the hospital room to get me warm. I mean, I would be freezing because your blood is cold and it's got to get back up to your body temperature. And I would be so sick that I couldn't eat. And if you can tell by looking at me, I love to eat, okay? Um, but I was about this size probably when I went in the hospital and um, I lost 80 pounds while I was in the hospital. Uh, so when I come out, I was kind of little. And uh, But my kidneys, and I want to show you the strength of prayer. A lady called me from Freeze, Virginia, or Fries, they say. They say it's fries in the summer and freeze in the winter. But it's Freeze, Virginia. And she called me and she said, Our church wants to pray for you. We heard about you on the Internet. Someone found your name. And we want to pray for you. What can we pray for you for? 
Now, my kidneys had not been zero. They had not been working at all for three weeks. And they said, you'll probably be on dialysis about two times a week for the rest of your life. I literally, the night before, had laid in the bed when I come back, and I started to cry. And I told my wife I would rather be dead than to have to continue doing those dialysis all the time because they made me so sick. That was the thing that bothered me. So this lady calls the next day, and they put the phone through. My wife handed me the phone, and she told me I'm from from Freeze, Virginia. I don't know why I say Freeze. It's Freeze, Virginia. And, and we have a small church here, but we want to pray for you. This was on a Saturday. And on a Sunday, her church met after this morning service. And they got in a circle, and it was about 55 of them. That's all the people in the church, but that's all it took. And they held hands, and they went around, and they prayed for me. Well, actually, they passed a small cloth around. I don't know what the cloth actually meant, but they passed a cloth around, and each one would hold it and pray. And they stood there for almost three hours praying for my kidneys. And that's all they prayed for. On Monday, this lady I'd never seen before shows up at the hospital, walks in the room. She said, I talked to you yesterday. How are you? I said, doing okay, you know. She said, we, I have a card for you. And she stood and talked to me for about 10 minutes. And she said, we just wanted you to know that we, we prayed for you yesterday and for your kidneys. And we wanted you to have this. And she gave me a card. And I thanked her and she left. I opened the card and, and my wife and I was looking at it as that little cloth was in there. And, and they had wrote a little thing in there just telling me that they'd prayed for my kidneys and for me to hold this cloth and pray because it was all their hands were on it. And I held that cloth, and I, and I did. My wife and I prayed. And then I laid the card over on the little thing, and that was it. That was on Monday. On Tuesday morning, I woke up. Six o'clock in the morning, they had to take my blood. They always did, you know, come in. How you doing this morning? Doing okay. Take your blood and all this and everything. Then Dr. Evans, he was my kidney doctor. He walks through the door about 6.15. He said, Mr. Brammer, I got good news for you. I said, what's that? And he said, I'm not going to make you go take dialysis today. I said, why not? He said, I don't know. Something's messed up with you readings or something he said we can't get good readings on you something's bouncing around and, and you're getting some kind of reading i don't know i don't remember exactly what he's talking about but all i was doing was smiling because i didn't have to go take dialysis he come in thursday morning same time about six fifteen. he said walked over to me and he put his hand on my hand on the bed and he said I got great news for you your kidneys are working 80% and I have no idea why and I started grinning and I said I do and he knew that I was a Christian 
He knew we'd been praying for it. And he said, well, I bet you do. By the next day, my kidneys were at 95%, and that's where they've been ever since. Never dropped a point, never gained any, so they're working 95%. That, that is what prayer does. When we talk about you praying, yeah, clap for Jesus. Yeah, amen for Jesus Christ. That is what prayer can do for you. Prayer is amazing. When you come together with someone and pray, God hears your prayers and God answers your prayers. And you may say, well, I, I prayed for this and that and it never got answered. Well, let me tell you, God does not always answer the prayers the way you want them. God answers the prayers the way you need them. Always remember that. God answers the prayers so that it will make your life the best it can be. And the things that you choose and you think will make your life the best, it's not always right. God takes care of that. He does it. Anyway, to wrap it up on the story, I was in the hospital about 50 days. But what happened with my legs, the reason I had these braces, is because while I was in surgery, they had to cut my blood supply for 13 hours while they worked on my aorta up here or whatever. And while the blood supply was cut off, all the muscle and the tissue in my legs died. So when they released the blood flow back to my legs, they swelled up about this big. They were huge. They was worried about the skin ripping because they were so big. And they come to my wife and said, we're going to have to amputate his legs below the knee. And so she started, you know, in a panic. And so they thought that's what was going to happen. That was at 10 o'clock on a whatever night it was. On the next night, or next morning, they come out, and a different doctor said, we want to try something. We, it's new to us, and we have to have you sign for us to do it, but we don't know if it's going to work or not. It's called a fasciotomy, and they cut you down both sides of the leg. On each leg, they cut it down, and it opens up a gap about this big, and they take, and they take out all your muscle and dead tissue and all that and everything. They don't sew it back up. They want it to heal back up from the inside out because it's a better healing. So it took about um, probably 14 to 18 months so for it to totally heal up. Um, and I about twice a week, a nurse would come to my house after I got out of the hospital, unwrap it and do, you know, whatever they had to do to clean it and uh, all that. But what was really cool, y'all will like this. The first time that they unwrapped my leg, I leaned over and looked down, and I could see my shin bone from the inside. That was cool. Wasn't that cool? All right. I knew you'd like that. That is really cool. And and you talk about a really cool pain. You talk about a really cool pain. Listen to this. They had this little water gun thing hooked to a hose. And it shot like a laser, a laser beam of water. And, and you know, it was real 
narrow like a laser beam. And that's, that's how they would clean it. Shh. They'd spray that thing. I'd wrap my arms around the bed and grit my teeth like, ah, you know, it's, it's pretty wild. But that is, is why I wear the braces because I have no feeling, uh, from about where the top of my brace is down. I have no feeling. My feet are just flimsy. And so I have to wear, um, you know, just these braces. And that's pretty cool though. It's better than, um, being dead, I guess. But, you know. Of course, if I was dead, I'd be in heaven with, with God right now, wouldn't I? Um, so, that's the way it goes. Now, now, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 12.9. That was the other verse that you had with your blue ribbon this morning. Okay? Um, and another thing, I, you know, if you have any questions about any of that or about my legs, don't be embarrassed to come up. It does not bother me at all. You know what? Because I love sharing it with you or with anyone because it just lets them know how much God loves me. And do you know why God... Hello? Hello? Do you know why that I am alive today and why I did not die in that hospital? The grace of God. The grace of God. God's grace is why I am here today. And that is what our verse tonight is about. I gotta get this thing out. Um, y'all hear me still? Okay, uh, chapter 12, verse 9 in 2 Corinthians says, But he said to me, now this is um, when Paul was speaking, and he's talking about, when he says he's talking about the Lord. But the Lord said to me, Paul, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. So God's grace is given to what we need. Anytime we need something, when we're in that Yoke with God. They're in the yoke with God. So we're running right there and, and doing everything we're supposed to be doing. And we're, and we're training to win that crown. We're training with God. Our life is God. Then He gives us the grace that we need when we need it. This statement here says, when we are at our lowest, when everything seems to go wrong, God gives us enough strength to get through. Now think about that statement. Look at it and read it slowly to yourself and think about that. Have you ever been at at your low time, 
like, man, everything is going wrong. Everything's going wrong at home. Everything's going wrong at school. Just, I just can't get through. If you don't have God with you in your life, you go see that happen a lot, and it's going to get harder each time. If you've got God in your life, if you give your life to God, and you're trusted in Him, you're still going to have trials. Things are going to still happen. You're still going to have low spots in your life. The thing is, whenever you have a low spot, God is there to give you His grace and to give you enough strength to get through. Give you enough strength to get through. Another statement is, we can always, forever, time and time again, turn to God for help, and God is there. God is always there. Remember that. If you get nothing else out of tonight at all, remember that God God is always there for you. He is always there. Now listen to this carefully because I'm going to read this word for word because I, I don't want to mess it up. I want you to understand this. Think about these words. If you give your life to God, He will forever be there for you. Think about that. If you give your life to God, He will forever be there for you. Here's the other part of that. If you deny or refuse God, then He will deny knowing you. So you've heard the good news. That's something that when you're sitting in here tonight, you've heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you turn from that and turn away from that and refuse God, then when the time comes and God looks to you, Jesus is not going to be there to say, oh, hold it, Dad. Hold on, Dad. Remember, I shed my blood on the cross for this young man or this young lady. Jesus is going to say, I'm sorry, I never knew you. What a statement. If you deny or refuse God, then he will deny knowing you. But the wonderful part of that was the first thing that I read. If you give your life to God, he will forever be there for you. You know, we've talked about a few times since Monday night about giving your life over to, to Jesus Christ. And if you have, then you should be in training. And our training was just to refresh your memory. Our basic training is reading God's Word daily, 
And I think most of you, if you hadn't before you came here this week, you have gotten a great start with that because you've got that blue ribbon. And I think most of you have been doing your quiet times in the morning. We're hoping that you are. We're praying for you that you are. And I know that everybody I see around here is wearing these armbands with all your names on it. And we're praying for you all week. So we, we are hoping that you're doing your quiet times. And if you are, then you have started reading daily God's Word. So when you leave here Friday and go home and you get up Saturday morning, you've already started. Don't stop. Make that a habit. Do you know it's a habit? You form all kinds of habits. You get in the habits of, of wearing a ball cap. This guy loves to wear caps, okay? A bunch of you do. You love to wear ball caps. And it's a, it's a habit you get into. Different things that you do are habits. And a great habit to get into is getting into God's Word each day. The other one, pray to God daily. I'm also hoping and I've been praying for all of you that you are taking time out of your little busy schedule to have just a little bit of time with God and have a prayer time. And if you've got that started, don't let it stop. Continue it. And if you haven't started it, start it tonight. Okay? And Sunday morning, attend your church. Be there in church on Sunday morning and be smiling Be happy. God loves you. He blesses you every single day. So I'm going to close tonight with asking you the question, are you in basic training for God? Or have you maybe been in basic training for a while and you're stepping it up now? And like like we talked about back at the first of it, what did it say on the uh, first night? We was talking about spiritual training. It includes serving others. Have you started your spiritual training of serving others? That's the question I ask you tonight. Remember and think about this. If there's any one of you who are sitting out there right now and maybe you've been saved or maybe you have asked Jesus Christ into your life and asked for forgiveness of your sins and you went through the whole thing but sometimes you think I'm, I'm not sure I'm saved or maybe you, you, you did real good and now you've backslidden and you want to rededicate your life or maybe you've never have accepted Christ as your own personal Savior. If you haven't, when you close your eyes to pray, I want you to think about that dark tunnel that we talked about last night. And you standing in that tunnel. And you look down this way, it's pitch dark. The way of the world falling into Satan. Or if you look this way, you can see that little glimmer of light toward God and heaven. You get to choose which way you're going to go.
That's one thing when God made you and he made every one of us and every baby that's born today and yesterday was handmade by God the way he wanted it. But God does not make you accept his son as your savior. He offers it to you and if you don't take it, bad news in the end, okay? I'm not going to go through the whole thing tonight, but if you have questions, if you'd like to talk, come up here to me if you want to, or go to your counselor and ask the questions you need to. We'll go in tonight with that. So if you bow your heads, and I'm going to give you one minute, and I want you to be totally quiet, and I'm going to give you one minute to talk to God yourself. Say anything you want to say, but talk to God. He's always around. He's here with us. Dear Father, we uh, thank you for tonight, Lord. I know that the rain changed a lot of stuff today, and but thank you for that rain because uh, we need it. Lord, thank you for taking care of each one of these leaders and students in here, the counselors today, and keeping them safe. We had a couple of dings, but Nothing to hurt them bad. We thank you for that. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for blessing us with the food that we had today. Thank you for letting us be here together in chapel tonight. Thank you for letting us have the freedom that a lot of countries don't to be able to look into your word and study it and talk about Jesus And, Lord, we just thank you for loving us. And we'll never know how much you love us. You just keep pouring it out and pouring it out. God, I just ask you for anybody that's out here tonight that has not accepted your son as their own personal Savior, that tonight could be the night. Let them not be afraid to come forward and talk. We have people who would like to talk with them. Lord, we just thank you again for being here with us. Thank you for being there every minute that we need you. God, we thank you for your grace. Because if it wasn't for your grace, I guess we would, I don't know what we would be. We love you and we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.